So since it's St. Patrick's Day, which I is was, today, today, which is the day I'm recording, wearing green, not the day that your episode is launching. That's right. Okay. And I'm wearing, yes, correct. We're You're wearing. We're green. a little while back here. Good job, buddy. We're back to the future. And so anyway, uh, I was thinking on the drive over here about St. Patrick's Day, and I started thinking about Guinness beer. And I'm not a big fan of Guinness beer, but the story is so cool. Okay. I don't know if this is true or not. You should probably not fact check me. Oh, you're going to tell a story you're not me. sure about? Okay. Yeah, somebody told me, so oh, I know okay. the guy that was lying it's if be this true. is untrue. Okay, <laughs> let's blame him together. Um, but in Ireland, there was such, I, in Dublin, I think, there was such a massive drinking problem in whatever year, maybe a couple hundred years ago. Again, Fact-checking <laughs> is probably more important than ever as I continue to tell the story. But, um, so there was a missionary that was in Dublin, Ireland, and there was like an epidemic of drinking problems going on. People were unable to work. They were like unmotivated, all this stuff uh, because they were drunk throughout the day to where he began to think about how to solve sort of this this social issue that's happening. And he wanted to do it in the name of Christ. But like, how do you, how do you even get to people if they're drunk? How do you share the gospel? All these things. So he started brewing beer and the type of beer that he brewed was high in calories, like very high in calories and low in alcohol content. Hmm. Excuse me. So he started serving it. I think he owned a bar, started serving it. People loved this beer because they loved the taste of it. But by the time they got through their first or like, you know, first and a half, they were like, I'm done. And they would go home, go to bed. And it literally like they could see a statistical change in that whole community when it came to alcoholism. Hmm. And they were they were getting sober or soberer and didn't know it. I just thought that was a really cool story. Hmm. Guinness. Guinness beer. I don't is like Guinness it very the much. beer that he Guinness made. Guinness is the beer that he made. Oh, okay. Yep. Is it still there high it in calories and low in alcohol content? It is. Okay. It is. Yes. You feel like you eat a meal after you <laughs> drink it. Huh. But um, I mean, I know a lot of people that really like it. I'm not into like that kind of beer. So yeah. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Welcome to The Testament, a podcast that spotlights the amazing real-life stories of everyday people who've been transformed by their surrender to Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of one of the many miraculous before and after accounts of lives forever changed by encountering the Savior. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Testament. My name is Jeff Kick. And I'm Jess Kirchmeyer, and we're here today with Brad Marvin. Hey, Brad, how are you? I'm great. Good to be with you guys. Good. Why don't you introduce yourself to us? Yes. So my name is Brad Marvin, as you just heard, and I am a pastor at Restore Church in Arlington, which started about a little over five years ago. Um, I am married way over my head to Sharice Marvin, and we have five children, Um four boys, one girl. The girl can pack a meaner punch than all of the boys, Mm -hmm. which makes me feel a little bit better at times. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, I've known Jeff for, I don't know how long, but it has been. Mm, That's a good question. Over 10 years. Yeah, about. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, man, good to be with you. Jess, yeah. I've known you for 10 minutes. Right. And it's great to be Great, great 10 to minutes. You. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, well, Brad, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, your testimony of Jesus? Um, how did you come to know him? What was your life like before you knew him? And how did he come into your heart? And, and what's your life been like since? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, I grew up, I actually think that I've always really, I, don't, I didn't have this significant salvation moment that I recall. Yeah. Um, I always had somewhat of an affection for for Christ. Um, I've had a deep interest in the things of God. Um, I, I would pray as a kid. I grew up in a Christian family. Um, there was a lot of brokenness in the family, but there was still like we went to church. You know, my parents told me about the Lord, great parents. Um, and I was kind of the 
you know, the the good kid uh, in our family. And then at school, I, I got pretty good grades. I, you know, was respectful. Most of the teachers are really like me. I've led Bible studies growing up. I drank organic orange juice before it was like a thing. Like I did everything <laughs> you were kind of supposed to do. And I actually feel like in a lot of ways that was um, one of the things that the that the Lord needed to save me from mm-hmm. was the like the the good that I was doing, um, probably out of a, a out of an attempt of self righteousness, not knowing that, but just thinking you do these things so that God will love you. Like I'm earning you know my my salvation card here with God by by doing everything you're supposed to do, and so. You know, just through college and everything, I never, I, I don't know if I could tell you exactly what the gospel was growing up, but I knew that God loved us. I knew that, you know, um, I knew many of the stories of the Bible, things like that. Um, and so I was in college and I had a buddy who has, he discipled me a little bit when I was younger. And then like his mom discipled my mom. So there's almost like this generational line of their investment into discipling us. Um, he called me and said, Hey, I'm going to, uh, Texas. I'm going to go. I was in Kansas at the time. Um, he said, I'm, I'm going to Texas and and I'm going to go into prisons and I'm going to, you know, I want you to come with me and, and share the gospel in these chapels and things like that. And so I was like, man, I would love to go and bless these inmates with, <laughs> you know, this, you know, with, with Jesus, with the good news, just be a light to them. Well, so we get in there <clears throat> and I'm, I'm probably like 19 years old and, I grew up in a Christian home, was homeschooled a little bit, went to private school, went to public school, a little bit of everything. But I don't have a lot of like street cred. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I I, was kind of like, man, these guys, I don't know if they're going to listen to me or whatever. Uh, then I threw my Starbucks drink away before I got in there. <laughs> that's not helping with the street cred. Um, plus, you couldn't bring it in. So anyway, get into this chapel service. <clears throat> and this guy stands up and inmates are there, right? And they're helping kind of lead this the service with us. And uh, this guy gets up and he, by memory, just begins to quote uh, Ephesians 2, which Ephesians 2 is like that chapter that is just so clear with the gospel where it's like you're dead in your trespasses, but made alive, you know, in Christ and um, none of our own work, but what Jesus Christ has done. So we can't boast. And uh, so he just, by memory, just gives the whole chapter. And it was just a significant, like, God's word being read aloud and then the Holy Spirit just wrecking my heart in that moment. Um, and just in hearing him, like thinking this guy is like, you know, going to be in here for life. Uh, these guys were doing a hard time. Uh, has probably done some really big level sins. And here he is like saved by God and he's memorized scripture. And this guy is more passionate about Christ than I have ever felt mm-hmm. before. And I've kind of done everything right. What's going on? And I really felt like I heard the Lord internally, just it was like a thought that was so clear. The difference between that guy up there and you is that he has repented of his sins. It's like, what are you talking about? God? Like, I haven't. Re- and I just began to think about the reason um, in that moment for why I do the things that I do. And a lot of, you know, leading the Bible studies was to, to look good or, you know, really a lot of it was just this attempt to please God. I mean, I remember one time in high school, I, th- <laughs> I threw away a bunch of like Christian CDs because that's how we rolled back in the day with yeah. Christian, Christian CDs. And um, I just threw them all away. And I was like, I don't think those are even like godly enough for what, the-. you know what I mean? Like it was just this like hyper pursuit of being, of being righteous so that God would love me. Mm. And that was, yeah, just in the moment, the sin that I felt like the Lord wanted me to repent of. And I began to cry in that chapel service and all of these inmates that were there, and I was there to bless them. They all (laughs) gathered around me and started praying over me. Mm. And it was just this unbelievable picture of the gospel where it's like you've got, you know, these guys that have a much harder past than I do understand Jesus and grace better than I do. And they're now praying for me and and bless me. So I don't know if that was like the moment. I feel like I had something with the Lord before that, but that was definitely like what I would call second salvation or just sort of an awakening to um, this understanding of the gospel. Like 
gospel for me, like the like the good news of Jesus that made sense to my to my life, not just something you would read on a track or you know yeah. whatever. So, yeah, I think that was in you know in college that was that was the the moment was you know being prayed over by a bunch of inmates that I was supposed to minister to, and and repenting of of my sins, but also repenting of the the good things that I did um, in order to sort of earn God's favor, which as we know, that's not how it works. Yeah. So that was a 19 years old though, right? So right. what changed for you then moving forward? Um, so what changed for me then was, I would say for the first couple of years, there was like this deep dive dedication into just the scriptures. Like I could not read enough of the Bible. I would get off of work. I was, you know, not married or anything at the time. And so I'd just get off work and I'd hang out for a couple hours, you know, at a coffee shop. And just, I read the commentary by Galatians, uh, commentary of Galatians by uh, Martin Luther. And that thing just, for whatever reason, God used it. It just totally wrecked me. This idea of like grace alone was just this theme. It doesn't have anything to do with your, you know, upbringing or, you know, Jewish heritage or whatever it might be. So that was like <clears throat> deep dive into scripture. I feel like God really used that time to to um, deepen my faith and just give me a more vivid understanding of the gospel. Um, and then from there, uh, you know, I mean, dating my I'm, I'm so glad that the Lord had broken into my life um, even prior to like dating my wife and getting married and then having yeah. kids because that could have really screwed some things up. I might have been so dense at the time that I wouldn't have even you know, right. stuck with her for the commitment. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I think that the Lord put me on a trajectory of just like uh, my, I, I just feel like my life call is to proclaim the gospel. Um, that sounds kind of generic, but I really feel like it has something to do in terms of like communication. So communicating from a pulpit or just like going places or just everyday life, like I am called to tell others this good news that I didn't deserve to hear and to receive. Um, and, and they might not either, but that's what, that's what I'm called to do. So we moved down here to Texas and been in vocational pastoral ministry for about 14 years now and did college ministry and a bunch of that kind of, and then youth ministry and then eventually planted a church. But yeah, the whole, my whole trajectory of life and the way that I parent, the way that I interact with my wife, um, everything is, is most deeply affected by Jesus, by the gospel yeah. and what the Lord did in that moment. How'd you meet Sharice? So our parents were in a home group together when we were like one, she's younger than me, when we were like, she was probably one and I was like uh, three or four. <laughs> and, uh, the, and so that we began dating then. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I picked her up uh, the next Friday had night. And, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Had a couple drinks together. It was great. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, so we we knew our families knew each other. We lost contact for a little bit. Then my sister started um, hanging out with her because she's more my little sister's age, which again, I'm being creepy, but um, <laughs> she started hanging out with my sister. I saw her at our house one day and we both were just kind of like, hi, hi. And I was like, Anna, who's your friend? And she was like, that's funny. She asked the same thing. Who's your brother? You know? And, um, and so I called her up. I How old were you then? I was, uh, I was 20. Let's see. I think I was 20. Okay. Yep. Nope, that's not true because that would make her seventeen. She was, uh, she was, she was nineteen <laughs> when we started dating. So I was twenty-two. Yeah, yeah, twenty-two. And um, we dated for six months and were engaged for five months. Got the whole thing done under a year. I thought I just need to, I need to nail this thing down <laughs> Get it before while I got she it. realizes who I really am. So uh. let's do this thing in in a quick amount of time. And um, so we've been married since two thousand four, and we are man just. Jesus, like this, again, all these things sound so cliche, but Jesus uh, at the center of our marriage, like has actually enriched our marriage to where I feel like we are closer now than we've ever been. We desire to be with each other as much as we did. I mean, this infatuation thing goes away, but then this deepening of like mm. love is this thing you work for, but without Jesus there, man, I don't know how I would be able to lay down my life for her at times and, and that she would be able to put up with me. Uh, it's just grace is the theme of our marriage and, and parenting. And so w we have a lot of screw ups, um, but we understand that that's why Jesus came to die for us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. That's why self-righteousness in the church is kind of a funny thing. It's like, which is what I was. It's like this whole thing is based on you aren't good <laughs> enough. You're, yeah. you know, you're going to yeah. be separated from God. 
Like that's how far off you are. And, and then, the daily battle. Yeah. yeah your daily life battle. Down. Yes. And all that. <laughs> and then somehow out of that, we become at times very self-righteous mm-hmm. in our faith and whatever. And I just, it's such a hypocrisy, such a sad thing that, that happens in church. And, and I've felt it before too in my own life. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you had mentioned, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay. Going back to the, the, just the day in the prison, I, I thought that was yeah. really cool too, because um, in there, like like you said, like a lot of them were probably spending life in there, and so yeah. their outreach is yeah. limited. And so yes. for them to be out, able to have an outreach, right? In reach, like come right. to prison, mm-hmm. minutes, yes. Yeah, like they're they're you know, so that I think that's probably really cool that your story is probably something that someone there gets to tell. Mm. Man, this is something that I you know God did through me, and that's yeah. really cool. I got to pray with this guy. I got yeah. to yes. you know so share true. him in this way. So true. Yeah, especially in Texas, like um, even, you know, I feel like my story has been very like a lot of people have been able to relate to it, maybe even more than like, you know, I was, you know, slinging rock and sell, you know, doing all this kind of like, it was just like the Texas culture (laughs) is very, Mm -hmm. you know, the Bible belt and just this sort of like idea, um, I think it's like G.K. Chesterton that talked about like having enough gospel to inoculate you from the whole of the gospel. It's like, yeah show up at church, show up to church on Sunday, you know, don't do this, use your manners, all these, they're not bad things, Mm -hmm. but they all sort of hover around like what the actual good news of Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And then people don't really maybe even hear that good news, which I didn't. And and so you're almost, you've heard enough of these cliche words to where you sort of zone out Mm. and it's, you're kind of inoculated to the, to the whole of the thing. Well, man, and that gives you like empathy and a a place to talk. Cause a lot of times, a lot of Christians go, man, I don't know how to talk to someone who feels like they have it all together and they're Christian, they're good to go. Like, how do I even begin that? But you've been there. So you have places to, to start. Exactly. So true. Yep. So you had mentioned that you are, have been in pastoral ministry for 14 years. So how did you get into that? Yeah. So, um, I, Really, in that moment when that happened um, in in jail, and then when uh, when I started just pouring into scripture more and stuff, I I felt like God was starting to direct me. I wanted to be a pastor, you know. I wanted to like communicate what I was learning and all these things. Um, and so I started praying with Sharice about it. I hadn't been to sin- we were newlyweds. Um, we had uh, one baby. She was pregnant at the time. We had her. Uh, we had Silas. Our biological oldest, um, and I you was had Silas, of, but she was pregnant again with Noah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So um, life was busy at this point, and I was trying to like I was in sales, I was doing some construction, so I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was doing different things, and so I just told her like, "Hey, I think that God, you know." I told her actually when we were dating that I think God has called me to be in ministry. I don't know what that looks like exactly, but maybe some kind of pastoral ministry. So she was like, okay, you know, that's great. I, I love that. I, I want to support that, whatever God has for you in that. And uh, she said, I just ask that you, um, that we, you know, can can stay in Kansas City. And that would be my one request. You? And I said, 100%, absolutely. I married her. And then like a year later, we moved to Texas. So it's not actually this big plan I had all along, but it is funny. Um, so... Uh, what was the <laughs> what? Where did I start going down this road? Uh, at what question you were asking? How did about, you get into pastoral? How did I get it? Yes, thank you. So, began to pray about like what God wanted us to do, and um, and I said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pursue pastoral ministry. Start calling a bunch of people, different jobs, blah blah blah, trying to get connected. Couldn't find anything. Hadn't been to seminary. Hadn't been to. It hadn't had any kind of pastoral experience. It was like you can be an intern for you know. I think it was like $7 an hour that it was just like, I have a family here. Like I can't do this. And so we ended up getting, um, so I said, you know what? I'm done with this. I said, I, I think what I'm going to do, I kid you not. I said, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go work for a while and I'm going to try to make a million dollars. And then when I make a million dollars, we're going to go into ministry. That's my big, <laughs> great plan. And uh, the sacrifice will be very minimal, but we'll still get to do what we want to do. You know, so God has this like totally different plan. So he ends up, um, so, so we both agree on that. She's kind of like laughing a little bit, but like, okay, if you if you don't feel like it's time, whatever. So literally that next day, she gets a phone call from some like a friend of hers, and her friend knows me, and she said, "I don't know what it is, but I just feel like you and Brad." She said, "Like there's something maybe that you're running from," and she said, "I don't say that like a condemning way. I just like 
just thought was so clear. She goes, I actually thought about Jonah and how he was like running from Nineveh. She's like, I don't know what that means, but, and so, uh, and then I talked to two different people and both of them said, one person said, I was thinking about Jonah. Like all these people are disconnected. This is the next day. <laughs> she said, he says, I, uh, I know that you, um, I know that you're talking about some things or whatever. He said, I just want to tell you, like, man, I just feel like you're running from something. I feel like there's, I just had this picture of like Jonah being like th thrown overboard or whatever. And I was like, okay, that's weird. And then I talked to another guy and he said, he, he just said, I just feel like you're, you know, that there's something that you're running from. And so we get back together that night and I, I was like, so how'd your day go? And uh, she was like, okay. And I share, I said, this is kind of weird. Two people shared the same thing. I shared what they said. And she just like burst into <laughs> tears. She's like, this person I talked to said this about us and is the exact same thing. And so we both prayed, prayed and we were just like, okay, like God is absolutely like hitting us with the two by four, telling us to go into pastoral ministry. So then I ended up calling a church that we had known the pastor of before and stuff. They were looking for a youth pastor, came on down to Arlington, Texas, Grace Community Church, first church okay. I was a pastor at. I was there for about six years and moved around a bit and then planted a church in 2016. There How is. cool of their faithfulness <clears throat> to you to like, to call and say that word. Foolishness or, oh, the people. That, <laughs> yeah, the, no, yes, the people. Yeah, I thought you the people that hired me. I was like, <laughs> no, 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 no the, yeah. faith, the faithfulness of <clears throat> them to, yeah. To like, say it. Because, man, right. I, I know if I feel like God's telling me to say something, sometimes I'm like, mm, 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 are yes. you sure? Like, man, what could it do in their life? Yeah. Like, like not yeah. a real easy conversation to have. No. But willing to, yeah, I think it spoke of their love for the Lord, dedication to him, but also their love for us that right. they would kind of risk a awkward moment to right. say to say the right thing so so was she so. was she like I don't want to move to Texas or was she on board at that point um at the, so at that point we were like looking at these different there just was so few options and this one was like okay like you can work and ha like have a family and a home mm -hmm. and so she like there's enough money being paid there <laughs> so she was like yeah, I think that's the one God wants. That's to do. Right. Yeah. She was like, she was like, you know, eight months pregnant. Like, yeah, that's that's the one we should do that. Yeah. So, yeah, and it just looking back on it, we just felt like the Lord really did on purpose, you mm -hmm. know, call us to to be a part of that church. So for that season. So you have you have Silas and Noah. Yes. And it goes. Yep. So, so Jonah, Silas, Noah, Ellie, and Finn. Okay. So we'll get to Jonah next. Okay. I was saying, because you said Silas was your biological, yeah, was, your first yep. child. So yeah, yeah. So Jonah's adopted, right? Right. So Silas, you would know which Jonah. one Jonah was compared to all of our, you know, <laughs> <laughs> pale, pale skin at home. Yes, hard to tell. Yeah, which one? <laughs> yes, yeah. We adopted Jonah from Uganda, um, which is the you know, which is where we met. You know, that not at the orphanage, but before the orphanage. We, you and I, you yeah. and I, and yes. you and him. That's where you, you and, and him Jonah met. Also, and I. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. correct. Um, but yep. you and I met. Yes. Yeah. Were you guys on that initial trip with us? No. No, that's right. Okay, so nope. we met after I got back the first time. Yeah. Yeah, we were already in process yes. when I had that trip. Yep. So, yeah, so Silas is uh, 15, uh, Noah is 14, Ellie is 10, and then Finn is 7. And Jonah's the only adopted one? And or? Jonah's the only adopted okay. one, and he just turned 18 like two days ago. So Okay, so share with oh. us that story. So for our listeners um, – Laura Williams has a podcast called um, Adopting It Forward. And so Brad and um, Sharice's uh, episode is number eight. So you can hear the full story there. Um, but would you give us just a brief um, overview of that? Sure. Uh, so, yeah, we went on a mission. If it's possible to be brief. I will yeah. do. Yeah, I know. I know. I will. <laughs> I, as I know how hard those <laughs> adoptions were. Yeah. Yeah. So, um we went on a missions trip with the sergeants who had a Cheryl Sergeant had an orphanage in Uganda. She had a church and like a primary school there. And so we were going there. I was going to kind of minister to some of the other pastors and connect with them. And then um, others went to do vacation Bible school at the um, at the school and the church and kind of help out during that time. And so when we went there, we we knew there was an orphanage, but we didn't really have it on our radar that that trip had anything to do with us adopting. Yeah. We talked about adopting before. I think we talked about it a lot because 
a lot of people were talking about it mm-hmm. during that time. And so there was kind of like this openness to it, but it was like, yeah, maybe someday. Went on this trip and just the craziest thing when we got there, uh, we started kind of playing with the kids and hanging out with them. And um, I just had this deep sense that uh, that when I saw Jonah, that I saw my son. Mm-hmm. And I told Sharice, my wife, and I said, hey, this is going to sound a little crazy, but uh, like maybe we're supposed to adopt somebody here. And she's like, yeah, I'd be open to that. I was like, no, like I can introduce you to him real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was like, that instantaneous like, for you? Was that a, yeah, it, with Jonah, immediately it was, when you it, met it, him? It was like a, it was a strange, you know, I don't know. I don't know if what it was. I don't know if it was like God, like right now. Looking back, I do think it was God yeah. because, you know, that's what we were called to do. But in the moment, it just felt like weird. It was like, man, I I really feel like this kid, like I, I feel like he belongs in our family. I feel like I almost see him as a son right now. Very kind of strange feeling. So um, I just told Sharice, like, hey, I want you to just guess and pray and see which one it might be. I don't know. Let's I make said, it a maybe, game. Yeah, let's make it a game. <laughs> right. And I said, I'll, how about this? If Because this is such a bizarre and weird thing to say, like, if you feel this way toward anybody by the end of, you know, the next couple of days or something, if there's a, somebody that you feel like God's, like, saying this one, let me know. But if not, like, I'll just ignore it. It's probably some stupid. And uh, that night, he or that day, he runs up to her. And you know how they, we didn't really know this, but they call everybody mommy. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, the kids, will, especially the ones that don't have parents, or they'll, you know, they'll call everybody mommy, auntie, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. So he runs up to her and he grabs her bag to carry for her. And he's like, hello, mommy. And I had just <laughs> she didn't know that, like, they all call you mommy, you yeah. know. And, uh, and so it was just this funny thing that I think the Lord kind of put together. Um, and so she ends up bringing it back. And she goes in and she's like, hey, it's not that boy right there. And there was probably, what, 15 kids or, you know, rent Maybe there's ten. less at the time. There was 10. 10. Okay. Yeah. There was more over time, but then, yeah. So, uh, he ends up, yeah. So she says, is it him right there? And I was like, that's weird. Yeah. She's like, well, he just called me mommy and carried my bag for me. And I just, so it, it sounds like a funny thing, but the Lord confirmed like multiple times throughout that whole process that Jonah was to be our son, even through like our other kids and stuff like they, they had moments of like, if we ever want to adopt, they didn't even know we were doing this. And they watched um, Little House on the Prairie and si- our biological oldest, they say, don't adopt if you're the oldest because it kind of changes the birth order and it can mm. cause certain things. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah. Um, so we were, after that whole thing happened and then we started down the process, we were like, she was like, I read, like, we shouldn't adopt somebody older, you know? And I was like, ah, you know, God could do whatever he wants. So let's just, you know, keep praying about it, see what happens. And um, so they were watching, Silas and Sharice were watching Little House on the Prairie. It was like throwback Thursday or something. I don't know. <laughs> and, they, um, and they came across the episode. They were watching the episode where the little boy, they adopt the little boy into their family. I don't really know much about Little House on the Prairie. I'm with That's you. what happened I'm in the you. story. Yeah. So this boy gets adopted. And uh, and Silas turns around. He's probably probably five or six at the time. And he turns around. and He says, "I want to adopt. Uh, uh, I want to adopt a boy into our family." And we had not told him a word about this. Yeah. Huh. And so Sharice is like, "Really?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I want him to be older than me. Wow. Because that boy was like a little bit older. I, I think he wanted that kid to actually be his brother in the show. <laughs> but it was just this like confirming moment once again where it's just like, oh, my gosh, like God is calling us to do this. Um, and so went down. <laughs> I'm like, well, if that's what you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that was like big for Sharice, too, because that was like her big hang up with the whole process. And it was just so clear that like we do have like like wisdom is a good thing and and it's good to learn from other people's experiences. But at the end of the day, like. We can't stop the momentum of God when he's, like, doing mm-hmm. something yeah. with us and in us. So, um, yeah, went down that road. It was about a year and a half process of of getting him to our home, in our home. But um, it was a wild ride. There's a lot you already know about that I'm just skipping over. But I think the biggest, the hardest thing was um, when I went there to pick him up, I stayed. I ended up having to stay for about two months and um, in the process of, of – we thought he was going to come home with me, um, but there was some hiccups along the way with his visa, and it's very complicated, but things like that. They were just really unexpected, and so we had to leave him there, and it was, you know, he was just 
in tears. And then we thought that process would be six weeks and then we come back and get him, but it ended up being six months. And so he was, it was just crushing. I think he was also kind of getting, starting to get bullied a little bit by some of the kids, the other kids, they were kind of making fun of him for not, you know, it's like, you had a family, you don't. He never unpacked his suitcase. It sat by his bed. Like, I can't even hardly say it without feeling emotion, but sat by his bed for six months because he just had the hope that we were coming again. Mm-hmm. And um, and then he told us uh, when we called him before anybody had said anything that he had a dream. I said, you're coming home. We're coming to pick you up, buddy. And he said, I know I had a dream that you're coming. And I said, oh, that's cool. You know, I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm a doubter at times. So like, mm-hmm. He's just saying that to be you know, nice or something. We're from the from that day that I called him to when I was leaving, it was two weeks. I was going to touch down in two weeks to be there. And he said, you're coming in two weeks. Mm. And I was like, I, through his broken English, I was like, say that one more time. <laughs> what did you say? I put it yeah. on speaker and he said, two weeks. I said, how did you know that? He said, God told me in a dream. Uh, and so it's just unbelievable. Like the whole time, and, and Jeff, you know this because you've experienced this. Like people ever wonder about God's, you know, breaking out of uh, the mold and speaking to us in crazy ways and, yeah. and doing crazy things like go to a country that doesn't have the wealth to rely on to then mm-hmm. quench the spirit of God and hang out in uh, hang out in those places for a little bit. And you see God move in really powerful ways. So here's this boy that can't hardly speak English. He He's being kind of isolated a little bit by some of the kids at the orphanage. Um, he can't read. He doesn't know what's going on. And in, in that culture, you know, he's a kid, right? So get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and just that God would be creative and and kind enough to meet him where he is and speak to him clearly in a language that was clear in his mind, in his dream, and then to give him the hope that he needs to even kind of get through, you know, that that season. It was pretty, pretty beautiful. And and I stand in, in, in awe of God and, and just the process of, of what he did and, and his mercy and how he meets us where we are. Little people, right? Yeah. Little tiny people. And he loves us so much that he doesn't even want this little orphan boy to go another day or two without feeling um, great hope in his mm-hmm. situation. So, And he had, for that whole six months that you guys were waiting to come back and get him, he had he had your love getting sent over there all the time. People mm, that were going yes, over there, myself yes, was going, yes. you know, yeah, that is go over there, a massive part. Make of sure that we talk to him and let him know, hey, we've talked to mom, yep. we've talked to dad, we know that this is happening, and yeah. Jeff was, yeah, you were putting him on the phone with me, and you know, like yeah. these phone calls, like mm-hmm. don't lose that. just to see the body of Christ um, support, you know, him even there was it was awesome. It was awesome, and Jeff, you were like calling me every day during that two months that I was in Uganda, um, and the rest of my family was here in, in Texas and every day, like, Hey, don't lose hope, man. You know, <laughs> making fun of me a little bit when I would freak out and but, but just really like an awesome supporting voice. And yeah, I think together <clears throat> we jointly, uh, you know, shared in the hatred that my wife and I also have when people said in God's time. Right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Don't say that yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. know, I know, I understand, but if you say that one more time. Right, right, yes, yeah. I know. It's like, I'm still, like, I am I am not there right now, bro. I am, like, <laughs> wondering right now if there is a God. If it's a very dark time right now. Yeah, yeah. very hard, very hard. Yeah. So yeah. how old was he when you, brought you, when you brought him home? He was eight. Eight. Years okay. Old. And he's yeah. 18 now. He's 18. Celebrated it two days ago. How yep. fun. So and then your youngest is how old? Uh, seven. So it's seven. a good range of yeah. 18 to seven. Try finding a family outing to do yeah. together with that. It's yeah. Difficult. Well, it's an automatic gratuity with every restaurant. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 25%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now that your kids are getting older, um, I mean, if there's something that you could share with them mm. that's like... Oh, they would grasp it. They would get it. They would know it to the deepest level. Mm. Um, what would you want that to be? I think. I mean, obviously that Jesus is Lord. But. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Like, I, I have to say this. You have the obvious but, um, answer. Obviously, yeah. yes, that they would understand and and believe in Jesus Christ. Um, but I think, you know, this, I, I think what I want them to know more than anything is 
Okay, I don't know. That's an overwhelming thing, more than anything. I, can, I don't know if I can, I'll say, how about I do that? How about I edit your question? Okay, say, you edit. <laughs> what is one really, really important yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, Okay. Um, I think to have them be able to know that with us, there is nothing that they cannot talk to us about, that there's not a state that they would ever be in where we would not welcome them and love them. And um, just that we are going to do, I, I hope at the end of like their childhood that they can say, I feel like I can talk to my mom and dad about anything and they will try to understand and welcome me and love me mm -hmm. into the home. Um, I feel like that's, but then also send them out. <laughs> yeah. We love you. You're welcome here anytime, but you can't stay here uh, long term. I think that that would be just a just a big parenting thing that I'm always fighting for. Sure. For. Yeah. 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 Never, yeah, never withholding your love or, yeah. or ever feeling like that's being done. That's yeah. right. Because I feel like that's the closest picture as a father that I can have to our God, mm -hmm. you know, our father is just that are those principles in place? Yeah. yeah. It's a good question. I was thinking about that earlier, and I'll continue to think about that. <laughs> Great word, buddy. Great word. All right, y'all want to have some fun? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right, it's Family Feud time. I should really put the intro music to Family Feud in there. That'd be fun. I think it's copyrighted. <laughs> All right, first question. How do people were surveyed? Top one, two, three, four, five, six answers. Top six answers on the board. Name a common candy bar component. Chocolate. Chocolate is the number one answer. It's your game, Jess. You can see if you can get the rest. Peanuts. She was like a little quick there. Well, it was quick. It was I am bad competitive. Because she's, I was still thinking about the, the survey. It's not even competitiveness. Were, uh -huh. It's candy bars. She's oh, like, yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so way you, to stack the game then. I I'm sorry. <laughs> so you got chocolate. What, what was the next one you said? Peanuts. Okay. That's number two. Uh, caramel. That's number three. It's almost like... Nougat? Can you see my... I cannot. Nougat is the is number uh, one. Oh, you five one. Oh, How dare you, Jess? Dare you, you made a mistake after marshmallow. Okay, that, and that okay. should be an X because that's horrible. <laughs> Chocolate bar marshmallows are amazing. Aren't like Mars or or Three Musketeers? Yes. Are, yeah. Yeah, are, the little whipped stuff. Yeah, anything I don't like probably has marshmallows in it. So sorry. Okay. That's why we I have one X. Know. How many more answers do I have? Two left. You have two left. Hmm. Wafer? Oh, okay. I'm actually going to be quite shocked. Oh, peanut butter. Really? Mm. Oh, So yeah. there's two shocked, answers. You're going to be shocked what? That I don't get it? Two answers left. You get to pick and try to see if you can guess one of those two answers to win this particular question. You said a wafer, right? You get yeah, one You get one choice to get either one of these two. You just have to get okay. one of one them. One chance. Um, I'm going to say... I'm trying to say this in a different way than wafer because I, I <laughs> agree with you. Yeah, and he had a hesitation. That there's a crisp thing going on. Um, <laughs> it's not, the wafer was a good way to put it. I would have said the same thing. Um, breading. That's a that terrible is an, way That is an X. Sour, sourdough that. bread. All right, so number four on the list was almonds. Oh, uh, Hershey with almonds is my favorite. It's really good. I consider that with like just nuts in general, yeah. peanuts. Yeah, the peanuts and almonds, two they're different all, things. They're all nuts. And the last one on the list was coconut. Oh, see, I thought about it, mm. but I was like, that's not popular enough. But I guess it is. All right, coconut. so. Wow. So I hold on uh, to that one. So you hold on to that one. Way to go, Jess. Way yeah. to just dominate. I know, right? Way to, way to write the questions for this game and, and then answer all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Top six answers on the board. I like <laughs> the that you're getting like a stance, like he's the, ready. The, I'm in the ready <laughs> position. It's, it's the proverbial board, rather, by the way. We don't have a board here. Okay. Uh, you, but this is something I've always wanted to say after watching the show for so long. Anyway, <laughs> when you call in sick to work or school, name something you do to make it believable. Cough. Cough is the number one answer. Mm. It's your game, sir. All right. You have five more. When it comes to lying, I'm all over it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm candy and yours about lies. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Um, I think you uh, talk slower. 
talk different. To change your voice. Okay, I'm gonna give you that. Hoarse or weak voice. So yeah, change, change, your, the voice. change your voice. It took you a while to get there, but you know what? I'm a kind person. So. Thank you. Thank you got, you got four more yes. to go. Okay. Um, and then I think, do people uh, sneeze, fake sneeze? Sneeze, that's right, that's number five. Okay. Um, gosh. Cry? Okay. That's just something I do, I guess, when I call it <laughs> fake sick. Um, how many more guesses do I have? You have two more guesses. Why is this so and hard? Three more answers. I feel like I've said it all. Because you're on the hot seat. That's why. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else you can do. Okay, that's not one, so I'm going to give you an X. All right. And you then, have one more chance. And then I would say uh, make up a story. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, I really just wanted to be done. Three X's, no Jess. Give me, uh, give, me a, give me one, Jess. Um, have someone else make the phone call. That's actually a okay. great strategy. Yeah. Nope. So Brad's going to keep that oh, particular darn. game there. So number three is make <laughs> puke, uh, moan, and groan. Oh, okay. That's yeah. number four. And the number five is a fake doctor's note or fake parent's note. Mm. Hmm. All right. Whoa. Next question. Whoa. Top six answers on the board. Name an animal starting with the letter C that you'd never want to eat. Cat. Cat. Cat is the number one answer, and I think Jess was slightly faster than you. Gosh, I think she ended it quicker than I did because I was like, Achoo. how many six like, answers? Brad's like cat. <laughs> <laughs> Cheetah. Cheetah mm. is the number five answer. Chinchilla. Uh, is not on the list. <laughs> I don't well, you're giving me that. a chance right now, Jess. Come on. No, I so I not. I'm the guest. Thank you. Chinchilla. <laughs> <laughs> it would be furry. Uh, that's funny. Um, C, an animal that starts with the letter C. Coral reef. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. You have two answers. I feel like you should win. It wasn't with. X. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you sure? Um, Positive. Coyote. Mm, Coyote is number six on the list. Okay. Uh, I just can't even think of animals. My brain just is done. It, it blows me away. Cobra. One, one of these is literally something I eat all the time. A mm. cobra. Uh, that is three X's. Oh, you can man. steal it here if you can guess one of the three remaining animals. A calf. Uh, uh, uh. So I'm gonna give it to you because a cow what? is on the list. Oh, I guess for the vegetarians thought, out there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, no, you stole it. 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 What else is on there? Uh, camel. Oh, okay. And yeah. cougar. Oh. Mm. All right. Probably wouldn't want to eat either one of those. Probably not. Nope. They want to eat you though. Cougar wants to eat you. All right. Next question. Uh, we have, uh, Jess has one, Brad has two. We're going into question number four. Here we go. Name an activity that is easier to do when it's windy. Kite flying. Fly kite. Uh, Jess wins that <laughs> you one again. started it sooner. Top, top I think I might have ended mine sooner that time. <laughs> you get it. Top right. how many? That's, you got four questions on this one. Four answers. You got one of them already. Oh, okay. When it's windy. Sailboating. Sailing is number two. Surfing is number three. Mm. You'll and never guess the last one. Um, Remember, it's an activity, not necessarily a sport. Riding a horse. Painting. Um, when it's windy, I also would like to not be outside. Hmm. Read a book. <laughs> Okay, Brad, you get, a chance, you get a chance to grab the last one, which you Good probably luck. also won't get it. Because hmm. out of 100 people, only two people said this. So there's only one answer left. Correct. Okay. Uh, then I would say uh, cursing <laughs> in the wind. I don't know. That's all I got. Wow. Cursing in the wind. Cursing in the wind, you know? Singing. Nobody can hear you. Singing in the rain. Throwing caution. Cursing Nobody in the wind. Yes, that's right. Nobody can hear you. Okay, so Jess is going to keep this one here. The final answer is air drying your clothes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's not an activity. It's terrible. That is that's right. That's work. Right. All right, here we go. Last question for a tiebreaker, and we are two to two Ooh. right now, so tiebreaker is this. Name something kids line up for at school. Ice cream. Lunch. It says lunch or snack. You know what? Ice cream is a snack. I think Brad's got this one. 
Go ahead, Brad. Give us the other three. Okay. Uh, Snack. um, Things that kids line up for. um, So snack and lunch were of the same same answer. Okay. Uh, Kids line up for... They really didn't say ice cream on me. Is this line up for at school or just line up for in general? Name something kids line up for at school. At school. Okay. Kids line up to uh, go to recess. That is the number two answer. Okay. Kids line up. It's not really a line, but for the Pledge of Allegiance. (laughs) No comment. I love America. Um, Kids line up for uh, the bathroom. Mm. Kids line up for the school bus. That is the number four answer. You have one answer left. Kids line up for the principal's office. (laughs) Or or was that just... That was just you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's not all kids. It's just you, bro. Hey, if you have a bad day, there's a lot of the principal's office. Is that every afternoon before you went home? (laughs) Check in with the principal. That's right. Jess, you got one answer left. You can steal. Um, To change classes? That is incorrect as well. The last Mm -hmm. one is fire drill. Oh, uh, I never would have guessed that one. I had several answers, but that so was I not. guess Brad wins. Gosh, good job, Brad. Chef. I was nice. off my game today. Yes. You gave me a cookie, and I won the game. Yes. And you gave me that game. Yes. You said chinchilla. <laughs> I don't want to eat a chinchilla. And coral reef. <laughs> coral reef. He said it was something you wouldn't think. Right. So. <laughs> I think you actually I nailed the answer. I did mean, not think of <laughs> his question. I, I was right. All right, so we always finish up with asking our guests what their favorite scriptures are. This could be a verse. It could be a chapter of the Bible. It could be a storyline, a book, whatever it is that continues to touch your heart on a daily basis. Yes. Well, given our recent conversation about uh, cows and how you like them, my I think one of the verses that is I just love to talk about, quote, um, is from – I don't quote it. I just talk about it because it's more of a passage. Um, But it's in Acts 10. And it's when Peter is really hungry and and God gives him a vision of animals like four-legged creatures and reptiles and birds all coming down this long sheet. And he says, take and eat. And then he begins to tell him, you know, because Peter's, uh, you know, grown up in this Jewish tradition where he can't eat certain meats. And he ends up um, saying, take this and eat it. And anything that I've created is good. And uh, what got so so number one as a like a, a serious carnivore I love that yeah. verse and it's a great conversation starter with my vegetarian friends, um, but what I also love that verse about is just this idea that God has created all things for good. Satan can twist these things, we can twist these mm-hmm. things, but he has permitted all things in his kindness and his generosity as. Um, father and ultimately he's provided jesus for us to yeah. save us so outstanding yeah brad marvin pastor restore church how can somebody learn more about restore church uh our website is restored.city and we um, meet at the arlington music hall uh best landmark is it's next door to babe's chicken <laughs> <laughs> um, in Arlington, I always say Arlington Music Hall. People go, hmm. I say Babe's Chicken. They go, Oh yeah, and we'll see you Sunday. Yeah. Um, so it is next door. There starts at 10 a.m. on Sundays. We would love to have anybody that want to visit. Come on out, man. I appreciate you coming and sharing your testimony with us. It was so good to meet you. You You're too. Fun. Yes. Thank you guys. It was <laughs> awesome. I love what you're doing. Keep it up. If you want to know more about who Jesus is, you can go to shockwaveministries.com and click on the gospel message. There you will find scripture references about who Jesus is and the plan of salvation, as well as different resources and references provided by our guests to help you through your walk with Christ. You can also click on the Testament tab where you will find a link to all of our podcasts and see our most recent podcast episodes that have been launched. Also on the Testament tab, you can drop us a line. Let us know what you think, if you have any comments or ideas for us, or point us to someone you think would make a great guest on our show. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Testament podcast. We'll make sure you know when each of our episodes launch and even give you a heads up on what episode is coming up with our Feature Friday posts. And if you see myself or Jess out and about, ask us for a business card. That's right. 
So we printed business cards with a QR code on them that leads your smartphone to our show. So you can hand them to a friend or family member, leave one on a table along with your tip for the waiter. Or pin one up on one of those cork boards that you see in a restaurant or a store where they allow the public to advertise their businesses. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye. Yeah. All right, then we'll go to number three, which Not is your testimony. Right now, but there's a cookie for you. Oh, later. thank you so much. Which I is the, your. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's supposed to be soft because it's warm and everything. Oh, but, you know, it'll, it'll coat your throat. You'll be coughing all the time. So, okay. Anyway. Uh, but but you're welcome to eat it anytime you want. I, I don't. I don't you you'd let me do that. You would do that for me. Let, let me eat, eat a cookie. cookie. I'll, on, I will on pause. Air. Okay. The, pause the podcast. It'll go in the bloopers so at the end. Cookie. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> just the noise you made with your saliva earlier. Constantly. She, she sucked on a straw one time. <laughs> I did. I burped and went. Oh, I'm sorry. I burped. <laughs> Um, and you and I are, or whoever, yes. you and I, you and I are okay, going, going back and forth. Mm-hmm. I asked okay. the questions. There's no so way you're going to get to this thing. Oh, we're, we're going to get there. <laughs> okay. We're going to get there. I mean, we're going to get home at midnight, but we're going to get there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> go What'd you say in what? Gonna, as we begin, I'm just going to go ahead and start like yeah. this, okay? <laughs> I'll be like, why are you fanning me right <laughs> now? <laughs> what is, why am I drooping this <laughs> So I, you want me to start with my little story that I have? I'm going to have you start with your little story, Are you gonna, and then we're going to do introductions. But can you guys, like, join in and, like, talk in the story? So it's We've not all, like, I've already explained all the way down to, like, number three. On a wintry you're going back night to number one. in February. <laughs> okay. All right. It's not story we time with Brad. Okay, here we go. And now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys can, and girls. Can you give me some, like, background, like, thunder or something to scare people? I don't know. <laughs> I can put whatever you want in there, man. Steps. Yeah. <laughs> I can make it ominous. Yes. You can do, like, footsteps down a hallway. And I'm Jess Kirchmeyer, and we're here today with Brad Marvine. Marvin? Marvin. 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 Oh, wow. The E is there to just screw everybody up. Sorry, it I don't is. know, Brad. Brad I should have said that ahead of time. I'm sorry, Jess. It's okay. Said, no, sorry. it's you, Yeah, You want to try start again, with, or do just, we just keep just doing start this with thing? And I am <laughs> Jess. I like it. Um, what, any specifics on this introduction that you need here? <laughs> What do you want us to know about you? <laughs> well, nothing. <laughs> I mean, we went through all this 40 I, minutes ago, but you obviously didn't hear any of it. Okay. Um, I, yeah. Do people really do that? I don't know. That sounds terrible. You want this thing? That's, That's the one I eat all the time. Yes. All the time. <laughs> cow like, is on the list. I was thinking, yeah, people don't know how good a calf would taste, but they, but it is good. I mean, like a human like, calf yeah. or the animal? <laughs> what? You don't eat your calf? <laughs> <laughs> wow, we've gone way off track Sorry. here. <laughs> Thanks, we will. Although I'm firing just today. So. <laughs> he said that like three times. I feel like it's true now. Yeah. Over. Gotta Done. say it for it's true. Yeah. Oh, what if that yeah. wasn't edited out? Uh, firing oh. yesterday. Yes. I think I might leave that in.